Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. Fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. And, Why and, fuck them all? See, have headphones. Understand. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it, right? You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. We're, right, we We're literally... We are on <laughs> We're on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up this <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos. On the uh, episode today, good friend, uh, another touring uh, headliner comedian, um, Matt Holt, is on the podcast we uh, met up at uh, the Hard Rock in Cleveland, um, doing a bunch of great shows, and um, he was nice enough to stop by and uh, do a podcast. We chat comedy and life, and then he gets blindsided by five horrible questions. It's good to listen to and enjoy it. Yahoo! We are rolling, so we are we are on. Oh, it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> very pleasing i uh i've had to shut the lights off because uh these microphones buzz when there's a light oh, on next to it oh that's good okay <laughs> so it's, it is high tech <laughs> <laughs> on the program today matt holt famous hey. comedian yeah famous. Indianapolis. yeah we're in the, <laughs> the country in and sweets that that famous <laughs> you know it's I, uh, my only one get on the podcast, my only famous person, like really famous, mm-hmm. that nationally known comedian was Jake Johansson. I don't know oh, nice. Jake. That's a good get. We were doing, actually doing Morty's together. Okay. And, uh, I was in the green room and he said that Mrs. Pat was coming by and he was going to do her podcast. And then the next day she was going to come and do his podcast. And I'm standing there waiting for the invitation. And he was like, so take care. And I went, <laughs> Oh, man. So the next day I said, I got a podcast. The funny part about it is he agreed to come down and do it. And the whole day I was trying to figure out how to do the two mic thing. Right. And I could not figure it out for the life of me. So we did the podcast with one microphone. We sat next to each other on the couch and had the microphone in front of us. It's like you're uh, Nick and Keith singing a song on stage together. It's awesome. I think it turned out all right. So I, he probably would rather do that with you than share a mic with Miss Pat. I don't know. I I haven't listened to her podcast yet, but I can um, imagine it's probably out there. Yeah. <laughs> listen, motherfucker, <laughs> I'm gonna shoot your ass. <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to that. Oh man! So we're at the uh, Hard Rock in uh, Northfield macedonia god somewhere yeah well, someone told me cleveland and i got excited and then i got here and i'm like this is not fucking cleveland. <laughs> this is not cleveland this is not cleveland this is at least 25 minutes from cleveland oh my god it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere don't you it really does yeah we have this very small amount of stuff around us and after that it's pretty much just it's... desolate wasteland well and where we're at there makes no sense that there'd be a casino there it's not close to the highway <laughs> It's. I mean, it's. It's. You in the literally drive town. down a, like a city street, and there's a giant yeah. casino. Yeah. It's. So I. I found out yesterday that it's not owned by the Hard Rock. It's owned oh. by a guy. Okay. And he, Hard Rock has like a small percentage ownership in it. Weird. Because, yeah. The one, the girl I was talking to last night told me that she was uh, somewhat in some kind of hot water with the company because she has a lot of tattoos. Wow. Like it's a hard rock. Yeah, you would think you'd want. Yeah, like but apparently the, the, crazy hair and yeah, piercings they run, and they tattoos. run this place like it's the Cincinnati Reds or something. <laughs> <laughs> no facial hair. This is a, this is a classy joint, ma'am. Oh, so yeah, so it's it's a weird gig. People are just pie- oh my god, man. 
I'm sure you work a ton of casinos. I work a ton of casinos. And you always get the packet of free coupons to the buffet at right. the beginning of the week. Right. And just that uh, amount of time that you spend at the buffet, just kind of people watching, it's just amazing. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> see how people act at the it's, buffet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like the Redneck Olympics is <laughs> <laughs> so great. I just don't get the thing. I said it on stage the other day. I just don't get the thing. Of having to get all the food at once. <laughs> right, right. It's all you can eat. Right. They feel like the, they're going to run out of food. Like right. the, the buffet's fucking open till 11. Like they're not going to stop cooking food at some point. Yeah, I don't. Uh, there's. I've never had a good experience at a casino buffet. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's not true. Like I've been to like Caesar's Palace. Oh, yeah. You know, I've not worked it, but, but I've been yeah, there. Yeah, but it's got to be a pretty. But I, I paid like $30 for a buffet or yeah. whatever. And then that's good food. But th this is not good food. I mean, have you ever done the Edgewater in Laughlin? No, I have not. Max? So they, they give you uh, this place. We get a coupon a day. Right. So we only get one meal a day, which is fine, whatever. Edgewater, they give you're there like Thursday through Sunday. They give you like fourteen, so you can eat there for every meal. I don't know why they care. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, they give us four. I've only used it. We used one. Yeah. I, went, I went. I don't know the other day, but what, what, what's the matter? Yeah. I mean, I should have enough that if I'm passing through, I should be able to stop. Yeah, it, it makes no sense to me at all. They're yeah. not keeping track of the food. Yeah. It's a buffet anyway. There's a there's a Chinese buffet near my house, and uh, me and my wife we drive past it and be packed all the time. And right. We're like, the place looks like a shithole, and right. we're like, how is this fucking place full all the time? So we finally break down one day. We go in there with the baby, and uh, and it's okay. Like it's not, yeah. but we realize why it's so full is it's five dollars. Oh. $5 buffet. You can right. eat everything you want. $5. But here's the catch with the Chinese buffet. There's a big sign that says, if you waste food, we add money onto your bill. So if you take a plate full of food and you only eat a third of it, they right. add money on your bill. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I would, I'd be in worse debt than I am. Because I've always do that. Because you, you get a plate, you take it back, and you're like, well, this tastes like shit. I'm not eating this. <laughs> Every time it's, you go yeah. to the buffet, you're like, well, this is good. This is horrible. Yeah. This tastes like a fucking shoe. I wonder if they use the they're starving people in China excuse. <laughs> that. That be My bad. family is starving. <laughs> do not eat their food. I don't. Uh, I, I, I'm, if I want Chinese food, I go to a Chinese restaurant. I do not go to a Chinese buffet. I'm not a fan <laughs> no. of Chinese buffets. Well, this this is a funny story. I don't know if I've ever told it on podcast, but I was in uh, where the fuck was I? I was in Minot, North Dakota. Okay, working Muller's room years ago. I don't know if you ever did the. Nope, I've not, not done anything up there yet. So uh, there was a Chinese restaurant, and I just was in the mood for Chinese food. So I go in there, and it's a buffet, and I I hate Chinese buffets. So I go, can I order off the menu? And they said, yeah, that's fine. So I end up ordering something that's on the buffet. Right. And I watch my waitress go to the buffet oh. and spoon it onto a serving dish and bring it to my table. And I said, listen, I go, if I wanted the buffet, I would have ordered it. And she said, excuse me? And I go, you don't think I just saw what you did over there? <laughs> like, I want fresh food. I don't yeah. want buffet. Oh, okay. And then she went back. They literally microwaved it and <laughs> brought it back out. It was like rock hard. I go... Just tell me how much I owe you for my soda. I'm getting the hell out of there. This. this is oh, disgusting. That's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing to me, and this is not buffet uh, <laughs> theme. This is the buffet podcast. This is all you can listen One to. One hour. <laughs> you can listen to. Um, it amazes me how uh, I have a terrible memory, but I have cities that I perform, and I remember restaurants. Yeah. Because w that's what we do, you know? For sure. And, like... Talking about Chinese food, I, I remember driving into Duluth, Min uh, yeah, Minnesota, yeah. and there's a great Chinese restaurant in downtown. Couldn't tell you what, what it's called. Could tell you how to get there. <laughs> Could tell you where you to take park. Take the superior exit, oh. left, right, left. It's right there. It's amazing how, the, how this business does that to you. So we, uh, so we we came in to do this gig at the Hard Rock, and we were presented the first night with our MC, which I just assumed was going to be our MC. Yeah, Ali. that was weird. Yeah. So we had, uh, but as we've come to learn now, the MC that we have apparently has a lot of other interests happening yes. around town. Yes, absolutely. Apparently well, he has to leave tonight because he needs to go watch Better Call Saul. Yeah. Because <laughs> that premieres tonight, yes. apparently, after The Walking Dead. Well, okay, Walking Dead is, 
it's not on at seven. I'm assuming <laughs> it comes on at eight o'clock. It's an hour show. It doesn't, and it replays immediately after it's right. done. Like it's going to go Walking Dead, Better Call Saul, immediately starts right. over. Walking Dead, Better Call Saul. Like yeah, I don't know. It's so yeah. So we had it. We had a, uh, I guess a temp yeah. come in to MC on Thursday, and he reminded me of. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember it now, and I I don't. Uh, did you ever see the movie uh, uh, Bad Boys or Bad Sean Penn? No, uh, the black the, guys. Yes, I've seen both of them. Okay. You know in Bad Boys 2 where the tall, goofy kid comes to pick up Martin Lawrence's daughter yes. and they're effing around in the doorway with yeah. him? That's who that guy reminded me of <laughs> that first night. <laughs> Here's the sad thing. I remember the guy you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember this MC from three nights ago. <laughs> I remember someone in a shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, has... just think of that guy, and he's pretty much the same. He was a tall, uh, very skinny, like uh, very soft-spoken black man. See, I'm I feel horrible because I'm so bad with people's names. Oh, I'm the worst. Like, I'm so bad with that. And like, can literally <laughs> say it to me, yes. and it's outside my head. Because he he says to me, he, I greet him on Thursday, and he gives me his name. I give him mine. He writes my intro down, and he literally walks out of the room. And I think I said to you, "What's his name?" <laughs> And then I couldn't even because I like to at least go up. My biggest pet peeve is yeah. when, when I'm working a show and like someone goes up after me and says, "Hey, how about all the guys you've seen tonight? Yeah. Hey, how about you go fuck yourself? Yeah. Remember who you're working with. Yeah. It's not that." And then I'm that guy. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until uh, probably last night that I nailed down. Yeah. The full time MC's yeah, yeah. name. So. Do you ever do that? I do that sometimes, and I I have to catch myself a little bit. Like if somebody goes up before me and like. I don't, you know, there's some kind of riff between us over merchandise, or like, there's just a bad vibe. Like, I don't spend a lot of extra time, like, oh, giving yeah. them extra props. Right. Like, I like in those scenarios, I'll usually just launch right into my act. Yeah, I agree. But when it's people you know and they're good friends and they're doing a great job, you know, you make a point to get them an applause and a reminder, and then you move into your yeah. Set, well, I think you know? I think you have to be careful about it too, because if that person ahead of you just murdered yeah you have to acknowledge it <laughs> yeah you, you have to do. you can't just go past it because i've i've had that happen before where they haven't and then the, the comic never gets the audience yeah. you know they're just they're like well, he didn't even mention him <laughs> do you ever have somebody like where you do a great set and the crowd loves you and then the guy after you is just kind of fucking around trying to cut you down oh yeah and the audience takes it very personally <laughs> oh absolutely and, then, and and you're in the back feeling really good about it <laughs> I I was doing uh I, I was doing room in Texas and uh, I just had to that point probably one of the best sets I've ever had the closest I've ever had to an actual standing ovation I've never had one I know a lot of people talk about them it's like the Loch Ness monster I got, I've seen I uh, got four people to stand up once yeah and that's my best and and so I like I did really well and I'm I'm coming off stage and the the headliner's waiting there and I'm thinking he's gonna say hey man nice job yeah. and he said. Uh, Man, your setups are way too long. <laughs> and I go, what? And he's being announced. Right? I mean, he's about to go on stage. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, that last joke, it should be just bop, 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 punchline. And I go, that's not the way I do my act. My act is really conversational. Thanks for rewriting yeah. my act said, right before you go on stage. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm kind of a storyteller more than anything. And I, I my stuff, I want people to think... That they're, I'm just saying this off the top of my head. That's why yeah. my delivery is that way. And he goes, yeah, it's fucked up. you got to change it. <laughs> and they're almost still applauding. You know, the crowd, they're almost still applauding for me. And he, his his intro is going. So he goes, seriously, think about that. It's, 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 it's really fucked up. And he walks yeah. on stage. So I'm like, what the fuck was that? So now we're in the green room between shows. Second show is about to start. The MC is on stage. I hear him starting to do my announcement. I get up out of, out of the couch to go as i get to the, the door the the comic goes hey man did you give any thought to what i told you about and i go not for a second and i just walked on stage it's like what the fuck is wrong with you like in that uh, moment that's what you're thinking of it's like it's not hey you had a great set it's like oh, i gotta cut this guy down this I, guy's uh, getting too big for his britches i had one of those with uh haywood banks uh-huh haywood banks yep so I was opening for him in the Quad Cities, and uh, and he was a really cool guy. Like people said, he was a little standoffish and he could be a little weird. But for some reason, he really liked what I was doing. He was right. trying to give me a ton of advice all week. And then there was 
one point where uh, he called me on the phone and he said, what are you doing right now? And I said, I'm just nothing. He goes, let's take a walk together. I got some things I want to chat with you about. And I was like, all right. So we're walking around <laughs> and he's telling me about the inception of Haywood Banks and the like toast thing that he does and all right. this stuff. And he goes, I just got a really good idea for you. He goes, I think you should dress up like the Jolly Green Giant. I like it already. And go on stage <laughs> and call yourself the Jolly Greek Giant. And he goes, but don't do really any material that involves your costume. Just do your normal act. Or just make yourself look but like an just ass. just look like yeah. this. He goes, I'll tell you. A week from now, you'll be you'll be headlining all the top clubs around the country, and I go a week. Yeah, I don't. This takes a week. <laughs> you have a gig. I go I, just, I go. I don't think I'm gonna do that. And he goes, I think you're making a real big mistake. <laughs> I really think. And he's. He, I didn't even realize, but he's like a huge into conspiracy theories and stuff. He turned me on to this movie called Zeitgeist. I don't know if you ever oh, seen. I don't it. know. But it's a movie that deconstructs like all of the tenets of our society oh for God. like two hours. It's ridiculous. It starts with like the basis of Christianity and like nine eleven attacks and the government and all, the Illuminati and all this craziness. And I was like, man, this guy is off his rocker. But I guess it makes sense. He plays a fucking toaster at the yeah. end of the show. That's true. <laughs> yeah, toast. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's, it, it amazed me. I think you find more um, conspiracy theorists in this business. <laughs> Than anything else. I, I mean, there's, yeah, there's got to be a way a to measure that. But there's, there's always a conspiracy yes. why we're not working more than the next guy. How the hell did that guy get on TV? It's a conspiracy, damn it. Yeah, if there are people that are listening that aren't comics to the podcast, <laughs> understand what this business is. Our job is to reach out and send emails to people. Yeah. And their only job is to return emails, yeah. and they don't do it. Yeah. So imagine anyone that you work with, and they have one job. Like your receptionist, their job is to answer the phone, and the phone just rings all day. And they just <laughs> sit there and watch it ring. I don't understand what's happening. Like, oh. I well, I, it's funny because, you know, I when I started in this business, it was pretty much, you know, the internet was pretty much taken hold, but it's still a lot of it was done by phone calls. Sure. Like you would... You'd make all these phone calls. Like every day you'd set up Monday morning, you'd make all your phone calls to try to get gigs, you know. And now it's every Monday morning or Friday morning you're sending out emails to contact these people. But I'm like, it would be funny, like, even before, like, cell phones, you right. know, just having to sit at your home <laughs> calling these offices every day trying to get well, work. Yeah. And if you're on the road, you're out of contact. Yeah. I mean, you, you might come home and have messages waiting, but... <laughs> yeah. So imagine going, like, let's say that, like, if you're doing a run for three weeks, not knowing what's <laughs> yeah, happening for three weeks. You, were, you come in the door hoping that red light's flashing. Oh, my God. I got work, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's an insane business. I, I couldn't encourage anyone to get into it. But. So where did you start out? You I started start? in Indianapolis. Oh, I started okay. uh, in uh, 99 in Indianapolis. Okay, shit. So you were... Just a tad bit before me, I started in two thousand. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, September of of, of ninety nine. So <laughs> September of two thousand. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> what was your? Do you remember your first your first day? Yeah, September stage? September twentieth. Shit, close. To yeah, mine September 29th. Nice. Yeah, I remember it very well. Did you uh, Did you do a class? No. Or did you just go right no. in and? You know what I did? I I went I I went for three months and watched the open mic. Oh wow! And because uh, I wanted to see what people were talking about, yeah. I wanted to understand what the process was, and I signed up. And then when I, th I think when I signed up, it was a month out. Oh okay. Um, so I signed up, and then I got my date, and uh, uh, I was dating a girl at the time who lived in Nashville, and um, her and another friend, a really good friend of mine, they surprised me at the gig and showed up. They drove five hours, holy up shit, up to see me do comedy for the first time. That's and amazing. at the time, I was writing. I wanted to write for Letterman. That's what I always wanted to do. Yeah. And I was, I didn't know how to go about it. So what I was doing is I, I sent Letterman this packet or somebody a packet. And it was like literally 300 top 10 lists. Holy shit. I and yeah. I just, and I, I submitted that. And so I was among my circle of friends that we always joked about top 10 lists. And uh, so when my girlfriend and. Did you and, ever see. A top ten no. list where you're like, wait a minute, that's no, fucking mine. I should have, I should have watched more closely. <laughs> uh, 
somebody they were like mm. Dave we've got it holy shit we're set <laughs> now, for the next five know, years now that I know how comedy writers are <laughs> yeah. I fucking should have been paying yeah, attention no they're you know some guys like what's uh what is that big packet I don't know some douchebag sent it in and, and then he picks Gold. it up and he's like I'm going yeah. to the top, baby. Yeah, no shit. Now well, he's writing well, on the Big Bang now, Theory. It, yeah, I realize now submitting that much was probably stupid because they're like, so I sit and I can't come up with three of these in a month, and this fucking guy from the Midwest sends in 300. 300. You know, that packet was burned yeah. immediately. So <laughs> No one will ever see this. Yeah, yeah, that's very flawed now that I think about it. But so I, they, they, my friends knew about how I was writing all these top ten lists, and um so my girlfriend and my friend Robin from Nashville, they surprised me, and they had made T-shirts that was top ten things we love about Matt Holt, and they gave them to people at the open mic. So, like, it was weird. Like, yeah. And uh, but it was a fun set. I had a really good. Uh, I think it was six minutes. And, yeah. Uh, it was fun. It was a blast. I, I did well. Have you noticed that before? Like, uh, when I first started out and I started doing shows and open mics and like bar stuff, and I would invite my friends to come out. It was surprising to me how many of my inner close friends had never been to a comedy show oh, before yeah. and didn't understand how to uh, conduct themselves in a comedy yeah. show. Like there was one show I did, I think it was my second professional show, and like 10 of my buddies came. They all got drunk and they were yelling at all the comedians, and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys yeah. doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? They almost got thrown out before I went on stage. I'm like, you can't do this. Yeah. I've, uh, have you ever uh, done that where, like, you've invited someone to a show? Maybe you don't know them, yeah, and they become a problem. <laughs> yes. Like I did that. I was doing. Uh, I was working Crackers downtown Indy, and it was uh, first show. A buddy of mine, his birthday was uh, going on. He came to my first show. We're sitting at the bar next door, and there's this girl that's talking to us. And so I don't tell anyone I'm a comic. Yeah. I just I don't do that. Yeah. And my friend drops it, something about uh, well, what time's your next show, Matt? And I'm like, oh fuck, yeah. I go, it's like at 10.30. And she's like, what do you mean? What, what kind of show? And, and he's like, well, he's a comic. In and, retrospect, you should have said yeah. street man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I have this inappropriate touch theater that I do. Uh, it's called, or the Tim Harmston joke. It's called Whoopsie the Clown. <laughs> That's a great joke. So I said, uh, no, I'm a, uh, he goes, he's a comic. He's uh, next door. And she said, oh, I've never been to a comedy club before. And, uh, you know, she was attractive. So I'm like, yeah. oh, you should come. So she was there with, uh, she was waiting on three people that were at some football game or something. Okay. And she goes, I don't know if they're going to want to go or not. I go, okay, well, here's the deal. I'll make a reservation for you. I'll comp you for four people. Yeah. Um, if they decide not to come, you come by yourself and I'll pick up your, your drink tab for the, for the night. And she's like, oh, great. That's awesome. And this was around, this was like in November. <laughs> she had a Santa Claus hat on. And uh, it's already something yeah, going I mean, bad. Uh, in, again, in retrospect. <laughs> Uh, so she comes in, she comes into the, the show and I'm, I'm headlining that night and, yeah. uh, comes in and I see her. I'm like, Hey, thanks for coming. And she sits down. She's thrown out before I get on stage because she can't be quiet. Right. She just cannot. So I'm like, well, this isn't working out. So then we, she adds me on Facebook and I, I put a message on saying that I'm going to be in San Antonio. And when I do, she's then sends a message and tags a friend of hers and says so-and-so you have to check out matt he's hilarious <laughs> she's never seen How me on stage yeah. never seen me on stage so i go to my week in san antonio and it's my f second night the first time ever being there so my second <laughs> night um yeah second night there um there's a woman sitting in the front and she's with this guy and the show's going on and she gets thrown out <laughs> it's her friend and she introduces, she meets me after she gets thrown out. Fuck? Now, she did get to see me. I was featuring. So she saw me and then got thrown out right after that. We're in the lobby and she's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so uh, recommend I come see you. I'm like, were you guys in a class or something? Like, you don't know how, how to be in public? And then, you know, those are the people that I invite. And then the, the, uh, the management's like, oh, yeah, Dude. thanks for creating a problem. <laughs> I have the all-time best one of those stories, and I, I feel like I've told it on the podcast before, but whatever. It's it's fun to hear other people react to it. So I, I had been dating my wife for about two or three years when I got booked at the Funny Bone in Des Moines. Okay. And she was like, I have a really... She has tons of friends in Des Moines. I've, I met the one 
couple and we're really good friends with them but she was like i've got this other friend you haven't met him he's married and and they follow your stuff on facebook and they'd love to come see your show and i said absolutely no problem like tell me what show and i'll get them on the list or whatever so i assume they're coming on saturday so i get there and it's wednesday and I was doing this thing at the time that I hated having things in my pocket when I was on stage. Okay. So I would text everybody and be like, I'm leaving for the show. If you need me, I'll be back after the show. And I would leave my phone at the hotel room because I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. Come back from the show. I've got a message on my phone from this guy and he sounds drunk. And he's like, hey, man, I'm at the bar next to the funny boat. When you get down, get over here. And I went oh shit i go I, I don't know what to do but then i thought to myself like if i go hang out with him tonight maybe at my obligation will end and i won't right. have to deal with it <laughs> so i go there i walk in and he's wasted and the bartender goes um he's got a tab with us it's got to be taken care of because he gave us a credit card and it got it it bounced and i was like well i i don't want to pay yeah. for his tab and he goes, is he a friend of yours? And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm at the funny bone. I go, I'll, I'll make sure he understands tomorrow because he's wasted right now. So we go out and he goes, let's go to this other bar. We end up at another bar and he just starts smoking inside and they're threatening to call the police. And he goes, <laughs> I know a better bar. And I go, no, I go, I'm going back to the hotel. If you want me to drop you off at home, I'll do that. So we're driving to his house and he goes, that's my house right there. So I start to slow down and he goes, no, wait, drop me off at the corner. I got to get something. And I'm like, whatever, drop him off at the corner. And there's a bar on the corner and he goes, come on, let's go. Okay, let's have a couple. And I go, no, I got to go take care. And I just leave him there. So the next night (laughs) and I'm working with uh, Jimmy JJ Walker this week too. So it's already a nightmare week. He's not letting me sell merch and I'm already pissed off. So I'm sitting in the back of the room, and everything's fine. I had a great set. Jimmy's kind of struggling, so I felt good about it. (laughs) And I get, (laughs) I get, I get the tap on the shoulder. He goes, uh, "Mark, there's a guy out in the bar that says he knows you, and uh, he's asking for free drinks under your tab or something." (laughs) And I go, "What? Oh Christ!" I go out there. There he is again, and he's drunk again. And he's like, that's my boy right there. You know, set him up on him. And I go, no, that's okay. <laughs> wow. And it was, uh, I don't think, I, I take it back because I don't think it was Thursday. It was Friday because I had a late show after that. And uh, and he goes, let's go. Let's party. Let's do this. And I go, no, I go, I have a late show, so I can't go right now. And he goes, he goes all right, I'm going to go across the way. And I'll come back when you're all done. And I'm like, all right, sounds good, whatever. So he's gone. I'm like, thank Christ. So we get done with the late show, and we're just hanging out in the lobby like you do after the show, just having a drink or whatever. And all you know how the Des Moines Funny Bone, like it's all glass yep. on the front there, and but it's tinted, so you can't really see in that well if right. you're outside. So I glance over. Here he comes wandering through the parking lot towards the Funny Bone, and everybody's gone. The doors are locked. And uh, he starts rattling on the door, like, to try to get it open. He's banging on it, and he's looking through it. And nothing's happening, because I'm like, do not open that door. Just <laughs> So he loses interest, turns, and there's, like, this potted plant thing by the door and starts peeing in it right in front of the door. And I go, <laughs> the guy goes, is he pissing in that potted plant right now? So then Saturday comes and um so i'm like i haven't heard from the guy he hasn't told me he's coming to the show with his wife or anything so i'm like maybe i i don't have to deal with him tonight and i'm sitting at the thing and the manager paul i don't know if you remember yeah. paul there well no paul passed away he was oh okay yeah i've been there since paul passed. huge guy yeah really intimidating even to me and he goes uh mark i'm gonna need you to step into my office and i said oh boy and i go what's going on and he said uh he goes the bar next door called and said that my friend had this outstanding bar tab with them and they said they were connected to the funny bone they're interested trying to figure out if he's going to pay the bill and what my connection was to him and apparently he had gone in there a couple more times and tried to charge drinks on my funny bone tab through that bar and i'm like what the fuck is going (laughs) on here and you don't know this guy i've never met him before (laughs) 
So I called him on the phone as I was driving home on Sunday, and I go, listen, dude, I go, you owe money at this place, so you have to go pay it and whatever. And he wasn't drunk at that time. He was, like, clear-headed, and he goes, you know, he starts, you know, I guess he was having a tough time or whatever, and he goes, I don't really remember much of that. And I go, he's like, I'm really, I apologize. I hope when you come back we can, like, hang out on a normal basis. And I'm like, you know, I... I don't see that happening, but, you know, take care. It's, it's like the stand-up comic version of Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> like, this guy's spreading your fucking name all over I the place. Just, I don't get it, man. Because I, I, the first time I did the House of Comedy, my wife had this group of lady friends that she was really close with, and they all had husbands. And the first time I did the House of Comedy, she's like, you know can we get them all in it'll be fun to hang out with them like couples you know all that stuff and i said yeah it's perfectly fine <laughs> so these two couples come and i meet them and they're all cool people and like really jazzed up the minute the mc takes the stage the one husband is like hey what are you doing up there and i'm like <laughs> oh my what god the hell? <laughs> come on <laughs> it's just ridiculous yeah so people don't know how to be in an audience i i worked uh uh, the Wichita Looney Bin, first time I ever working in that room, and I was I was headlining it, yeah. and uh, uh, Mike Baldwin was my feature. Oh wow! And we had nobody there. It was yeah. like there was twelve people a night. It was terrible, and um, it was uh, Memorial Week. Yeah. So nobody's there, and and I'm Mike's doing very well. Like they really are getting into him, and if they like Mike, they're probably not going to like me. Yeah. And they don't. They don't like me at all. <laughs> And uh, so one night, I think it was like Friday or something, Mike's uh, grandma was there. What the right? Fuck? And she was walking, she watched the show. Is he from Wichita? He's from Kansas City. Oh. So I don't okay. know if his grandma's from that area or what, but so we're trying to sell to nobody after the show. And she walks up and she goes, Well, I forget exactly how she said it, but it was essentially. He's a lot better than you, or whatever. You know, oh, it was, Jesus. Like, like it, it, because you take you take family allegiance <laughs> and add old and inappropriate to it, and it just becomes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no, you're right. He'd definitely kick my ass tonight. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, so people just don't know. I love those uh, those half-hearted compliments after the show. Oh yeah, I think it. Do you remember one-liners? Yeah, yeah, that's where I started. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was doing one-liners one time, and I, I've got. Uh, I used to have a joke about epilepsy, and <laughs> I've got the ADD joke, and then I used to do this joke that kind of went along with the weird sex stuff, where I would say something about, um, I don't know how to react when people when women get aggressive. Like one girl said, "Do it like you're raping me," so I just put on a ski mask and kept doing what I was doing. <laughs> right. And I've obviously taken it out of my act because it's like a bullet war word that just causes people to react even sure, if they're yeah. not listening to the joke. Right. So this, like, I think she was like 25. She came out after the show, shook my hand, and she was like, really, really fun time. I, You did a great job up there. But uh, she's like, uh, I have ADD and epilepsy, and I was raped when I was 16. <laughs> so have a good night. That's a combo. Like, <laughs> it sounded like that John Mulaney joke. <laughs> I am gay, I am new in town, and I have AIDS. That's what you're going with? Your three intros? <laughs> I was just like, what? Okay, bye. <laughs> One-liners was, um, I started at Crackers as far as the open mic goes, and then mm -hmm. I wasn't getting work, and I got frustrated, and uh, so I started... Did Ruthann have problems with one-liners, if you did one-liners and Crackers? Um, Kind of. I mean... It, she was less vocal. I didn't know her at yeah. the time. Um, I was just starting out. Uh, but here, here's a story that, about that. Thing. Yeah, sure. So I was. Uh, uh, I tried to get MC work at Crackers, and I couldn't get it. Uh, I wasn't hanging out with the clique. Yeah. And um, so then I got I got fed up with it, so I left, and I went and started my own open mic at a bar in Broadripple that's literally quarter mile from there oh boy um and i mine was on tuesday night his open mic was on monday yeah. and then so mine was on tuesday night so it would interfere they moved their open mic to tuesday night <laughs> did you move yours to monday no i just oh it's like fuck this I, it's not worth it. i give up yeah i was like come on so then uh uh after that I ended up finding out from uh, somebody that <clears throat> Dave was looking for an MC. Yeah. So I went and auditioned for Dave, and he, got, he gave me the gig. Mm -hmm. And and he gave me the gig only after 
he had to fire one of his current MCs because he did 27 minutes on stage. When I, and just, Dave just walked up and said, you're done. And then <laughs> I, he's on stage. Uh, as soon as he got off stage, like, you're fired or whatever. And then I got the job. Uh, Dave called me the next week and said, come on in. So I go to do the show. And I, so I start working for Dave. So uh, I was taking, um, I think I took Mike Armstrong in to do Bob and Tom. Okay. Uh, shortly after I started house MCing, I also was, a, was worth the door. And it was seating people and that kind of stuff. Uh, it was a unique thing the way Dave worked it is you got paid as an MC, but you also were on the clock, so you had responsibilities. Mm. Um, so then I started managing the showroom pretty oh, wow. pretty quickly. Cool. And so I was take, I took Mike Armstrong to do Bob and Tom, and we're in the office, and or at that time it was this break room they had is yeah. when they had the small uh, small studio. Ruthann's there because whoever she's yeah. bringing in for Bob for crackers. She looks at me, and, she, and we don't know each other. Like, I've seen her maybe three times when I was open micing. She just was never around. She looks, and she goes, you look familiar. Do I know you? And I go, I don't think so. And uh, I said, well, I, I opened my at Crackers. And she goes, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I work for Dave Wilson, and I, I brought Mike Armstrong in to do radio. And she goes, oh, so you work one-liners? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, just so you know, if you're working at one-liners, I will never book you. And I go, well, I'm working at one-liners because you wouldn't book me in the beginning. And then she just said, okay, and walked away. And to this day, doesn't remember that conversation. I am in pretty well with her now. I mean, yeah. I've been around a long time, and mm -hmm. and I've, I've told her that story. And she's like, that doesn't sound like anything. That sounds exactly, yeah, yeah, like, sounds sounds exactly <laughs> like something you would say. And your response sounds exactly yeah. like something you'd say. Well, I pulled the Elaine Steffick with her like <laughs> after I, you know, I did headline Morty's. And they were kind of giving me the runaround about a rebook because they were like, we got so many guys, man, we'll try to get you in there. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll shoot her an email. Right. Uh, she told me to fuck off, but I haven't sent her an email in a long time. So I said, uh, you know, what do you think about uh, throwing me a date or whatever? And she immediately got back to me and was like, we'd love to have you in Broad Ripple or whatever. And I said, oh, great. That sounds like fun. And then literally like seven minutes later, got another email said, uh, my uh, my manager just uh, uh, let me know that you did Morty's, so we'll no longer have use for you, so take care. <laughs> Unbelievable. I was like, all right. <laughs> Chit-chatty Kathy's down there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, the whole territory thing just, I, I get it, I guess, at the headliner level, I get it. Yeah. Um, but only if you're a headliner who's drawing. Yeah. Well, I like what Stroop says. Stroop says, because I, uh, I did the improv in Cleveland about four months ago. Okay. And uh, uh, Heffron offered me this date, and I told my manager, I go, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I don't want to piss off Stroop anymore than I have be in the past. So he called him, and, and Dave was like, our only rule is if you're headlining one of our rooms, we we don't want you headlining the other room. He's like, feature? We don't care. Yeah. If we haven't headlined you yet, go headline the other thing or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's a refreshing point of view in this business. Well, and Stroop knows that his business is safe. <laughs> yeah. People are still going to come. You yeah. Know, and it's... I don't know. Like nobody's gonna be like, oh my god, <laughs> this guy was featuring. Oh god, and the week that I had to do at the Improv in Cleveland, forget about it, man. I was opening for Brandon T. Jackson. Never heard of him. He's uh, Al Fashino from uh, Tropic Thunder. Still, <laughs> Percy Still Jackson. No, you don't no. know. Big Mama's House too, you know. Those nope. Guys. So apparently he was a, a actor, and then <laughs> someone said you should be a stand-up comic. Oh, perfect. So he has been doing it for two years now. He hired writers, and he oh, like God. goes to do the open mics in L.A. and gets booed off the stage and everything. So I had a good feeling like I'll outshine this guy. Right. Maybe they'll switch us or something like that. No, the entire crowd, all the crowds, every night, completely black. There wasn't one white person in the crowd. And the MC was black. I was middling and he was headlining. And the MC was doing all the shuck and jive stuff with yeah. the singing and dancing and, yep. and uh, church preacher stuff. And uh, the sound guy on the second night, he goes, 
He goes, I don't know if you're going to survive this weekend. We need some kind of credit that'll boost you up and, and make them get excited. And I go, well, I go, Bruce, Bruce will request me from time to time to open for him because he likes me. And he goes, that, that'll probably work. <laughs> so the, your feed direct just opened for Bruce, Bruce, here he is. And you could hear the air go out of the room as I come through the curtain. They're like, yeah, what? <laughs> But I'll tell you what, man, that was like one of my, one of those moments at the end of the week. I was eating shit like every show, but there were certain moments where like I would get people that I know hated me just on the mere fact that I, that I wasn't a black comedian. Like they just hated me because I was a weird white guy from the Midwest. They were like, nothing this guy can say will resonate with me or make me laugh whatsoever and to get some of those people to say that you were funny at the end of the show was was oh yeah i i worked with uh bruce bruce in lexington and it took half of a show (laughs) for me to figure it out (laughs) and then after that i had great sets all week and but i i like that too i like when you go and you're like oh they're they're gonna hate me yeah there's no way this goes well and Mm -hmm. and you turn it around that's the greatest feeling ever (laughs) you know what this week so i think it was late show friday there was i don't know if you remember her but like right in the middle there there was like an old maybe like late 40s early 50s lady that was wearing like a black shirt and like rhinestone jeans and it yeah. was like a, a double couple type of thing yeah i know you're talking about so i i don't usually do that much material that's considered like edgy or uh, you know political or, right. or you know polarizing in the audience but sometimes if i feel people are giving me like o's and ahs on stuff that there's no reason it's i'll push the envelope and do these two jokes that i have just to make people uncomfortable so i have <laughs> I have one joke where I, it's just really quick, and I said, you know, last year was horrible, so much craziness, the whole Ferguson thing, like, I can't even imagine. I go, and to this day, I have no idea why they, they gave those grand jury results on Black Friday. I go, that seems so racist, and, <laughs> and people <laughs> will either laugh really hard or get really upset with me, and then I usually follow that up right away with the Michael Sam joke right. about the gay football player right. and him getting drafted by the Rams. And she loved everything I was doing until I did that gay joke. Right. And she was done. She literally had checked out of the entire show. She was like gathering her things together, like putting her purse together, figuring out her jacket. And the guy that she was with kind of like settled her down and was like, just sit down. And she wanted to say so much stuff to me. And I was kind of like... I knew she wanted to say it, so I was I just kept talking right. so she wouldn't be able to get it out. And I don't know what it was that show, but I found it my my personal goal to get that lady back on board. Like oh, I'm yeah. like, she is done. Right. She's finished with me. She right. has no interest. I go, but if I can somehow get that lady back on board, I'll feel like a serious comic again, you know. <laughs> and I got her by the end. I just kept hitting her with all these silly jokes and she was like all right i guess this guy's okay that's awesome (laughs) oh man i think it's time all right i think it's time for the uh the most infamous part of this podcast when i have a guest on i i told you about it uh about it uh yesterday right uh, to kind of set myself apart from other people that have comics on their podcasts I like to do a thing called five horrible questions. Are these always the same five horrible questions? Most of the first three are always the same. Okay. But the uh, the last two, because uh, they're the worst, I try to mix them around uh, okay. a bit so All people right. aren't like. Uh, oh, this, this should be awesome. So. The rules of the game are you have to answer at least one. Feel free to answer all of them if you want to. Oh, wow. All right. But uh, as you pass and we get down towards the end, those are the harder ones. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Jesus. Okay. (laughs) But I'll ask all of them, and you can feel free to to answer as many as you want. Has anyone answered all of them? You know what ends up happening is all the comics end up answering all of them. Okay. But, you know, sometimes they'll pass on ones where they're just like, I I have no idea what I would say in that scenario. Okay. All right. Um, So the first question is, if somebody gave you $50 million to never tell another joke, would you take it? And I preface this by saying, not just stand-up comedy, like in your regular life with regular people, 
you can't ever tell you can't ever be funny again no i would not do it. <laughs> i wouldn't do it I know. because i'm prepared to do this and not make money yeah. as it is i'm i know what i'm making this week yeah i mean it's not so no there's no way i was I would, like i i always ask that joke and, and no one has said yes i would hurt makes, myself yeah i really would hurt myself i'm like how would you live your life without f- funny well and plus i would uh yeah, I'd be miserable to be, to be around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I couldn't do it. Uh, plus, I've made certain promises in my life to people that 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 hinge upon laughter, so I can't. Do your best famous person impression. Oh God. <laughs> do you do any impressions? No, I, I haven't don't. seen you do any. Well, I don't do any. Um, Just I guess sit there and you could be Billy Joel. Yeah, that's true. Hey. That's true. I do, and I get that way too much. I, I, I get that a lot. Here's what bothers me. I don't care about the Billy Joel thing because there is a resemblance. But like, almost every week that I work, yeah, when the show's over, someone comes up and says, "Oh my God, you remind me so much of Kevin James." <laughs> I don't look anything really? like Kevin James. I'm not like him on. Set. I'm just a big guy. That's it. I was like, I think you're just calling me fat. Is what you're doing. Like. I get Jim Gaff again all the time. Really? Oh, because the the, the like the high voice, the stuff. high voice. And I tell people, I'm like, I started that, and he fucking stole it from right. me. So fuck that guy. No, um, I don't know that I have any impressions. I, okay, I'm sure someone is going to hear this and they're going to tell me, oh, you do whatever, but I don't. <laughs> uh, name a comic you don't get along with, and why? Uh, okay, uh, just one. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Feel free to tell as many as you want. <laughs> do they do they have to know that I don't get along with them? I don't think so. Okay. No. Um, I guess I should rephrase that to say uh, a comic you don't like and why, maybe. But uh, it's like that sense of, you know, well, when the, you're around them, you can't. The story I told earlier about the my setups are too long, that was uh, Tommy Blaze. Oh, yeah. And I know he's not ever going to listen to this because you know, he's my not buddy, on this. My buddy Justin Smith had a real problem with him, too. Yeah, he's insufferable. In o- Oklahoma City, he came up to him, uh, like, on Friday when they have that big break in between the shows. And he uh-huh. was like, can you drive me back to the to the house? Like, I don't want to sit here. And Justin was like, no. And he goes, <laughs> and then Terry came in and she was like, I guess he's got some kind of an emergency. Can you drive him back? And he's like, oh, for Christ's sakes. So then the next day he made some comment like, I just hate sitting there between shows, so you're going to drive me back it's Because tomorrow. there's no green room. Yeah, sure. and he goes, and my buddy Justin's like, he, he talked to Terry. He goes, he's, there's no emergency. He just doesn't want to sit in the club. And she goes, well, fuck him. You don't have to drive Good. back. And he was like, nice. He, uh, let me explain. So I had that situation with him and the, and the, the advice. That was one. <clears throat> the other thing was um, he said, uh, I did not have my square. I, I, I didn't have yeah. my square. And I, at the time, I didn't realize I could just punch the number in. Yeah. So I was doing cash only and, until I could get. I was going to go to Target and get another square. <laughs> yeah. So someone comes up and they want to buy a T-shirt and they have a credit card. And I said, I'm sorry. And I was perfectly willing yeah. to go cash only. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my fault. I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't take credit card. And they were going to buy off him. And they said, well, Tommy, can we just pay you for, and we're going to buy Matt's shirt too. Can we just pay you? And he goes, yeah, that's fine. So he takes the credit card and he gives me the 20 bucks, right? So yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So we're in the green room after the show. This is Thursday night. Yeah. Um, or Wednesday night, I think it was first 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 show of the week. We're in the green room, and I go, "Hey, man, by the way, thanks for doing that credit card transaction. I really appreciate." it. He goes, "Yeah," and, and he does not have a square. He has a machine, like the credit card with the with the tape and everything. And he goes, "Yeah, um, it's it's fine, I mean, but you know, but that costs me to do that, you know, because there's a fee." And I go, "More than happy to cover the fee. I appreciate you doing it." And so I I end him five dollars. Wow. I go, here, because yeah. that's all I had. And I go, yeah. here, that should Pretty more nice, than yeah. cover it. And he goes, yeah, okay. And he goes, but, you know, it's it's beyond that. I mean, this shows up on my taxes. It's I'm like, and I literally say, it's fucking $20. <laughs> that's going to really show up on your taxes? And I go, I'm giving you $5. I yeah. said, with, with, the, with the square, it's 55 cents is what it costs on a $20 <laughs> yeah. transaction. I don't know what it costs on this machine you've got, but it can't be five bucks. <laughs> And the percentage on your taxes can't. You're coming out ahead here, Todd. Yeah. And he goes, "Well, you know, it's just it's just a bot." And I go, 
He goes, if we do it anymore this week, I go, we're fucking not doing it this yeah. week. I'm <laughs> never, I will never ask you for another favor again. And so there, it just, and there were other things as the week went on. It just, it yeah, not someone I would ever, I would turn down work <laughs> if I found out. Hey, you're working. No, I'm not. Yeah, no, no shit, man. So and yeah, okay. That could be my whole podcast. Is yeah. comics I don't like. <laughs> That should be what what your podcast would be called. Who you got to be for? Comics I hate. Uh, so the next question is, uh, what's the meanest thing you've done to a person on purpose? Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I got to think about that. <laughs> I know there's stuff. <laughs> When I was looking at that question beforehand, I was like, this is going to be a good one if he answers. (laughs) Um, This this is not in the comedy world. This is when I had a, I was doing comedy and I had a a day job. Um, I I worked for a cable company and I was a manager for a cable company. I had a team that worked for me and we were in charge of, uh, of, uh, provisioning home phone service like when someone wanted their our new um voice over ip phone service my team would would work with the technicians and help you know activate that so you have these modems that you would that we would use and we all had everyone on my team had a modem on their desk that they used for testing and i had a woman that worked for me who i did not want on my team i was forced to take her because she'd been with the company for like 22 years and she was a csr Oh boy. She'd never, and I'm like, yeah. she's not good at this job. That's why she's still <laughs> answering phones. And uh, I was forced to take her, and she was dumb. She's probably still dumb. I, I can't think <laughs> yeah. she digs out of that. So, uh, so one day I find an old handset from like an old desk phone, right? <laughs> and it has the curly cord on it. And I take the plug, the modular plug of that, and I plug it into the, the jack on the back of the handset, and I rest it over the top of the modem like it's cradled like a telephone she comes back from her lunch break and i've and I, I, there's two guys that work for me that i'm still really good friends with and i tell them what i'm doing she comes back uh and my friend my the guy that worked for me he took his his cell phone and put it on old time ring and put it along the back rail of her desk like uh, hidden she comes in she goes what is this and I go, I don't know. So one of the techs from the the head end is where all the equipment is. I go, someone from the head end came in and put that in today. I don't. It's, I guess it's a test phone of some type. She goes, they put it on my on my desk. They picked me. I go, yeah, I guess Anita. I don't know, but that's where it's there. And she's like, oh my god, that's awesome. I go, they picked me to do it. I go, she goes, did you tell them to put it there? I said no, they just installed it. Where they, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So then she sits down and she goes, "What do I do with it?" I go, "Just leave it alone. Just don't." And that was the thing; she always yeah. wanted to fuck with shit. I go, "Just let, leave it alone. Just I don't know what the, what it's there for." And then I, my buddy calls his phone from his desk and it starts ringing. And she's like, "It's ringing. What do I do? What do I do? It's ringing." I'm like, "Just let it ring. They're probably just testing it. Don't don't touch it." And then it stops ringing. And then like five minutes goes by and it starts ringing. And she's like, "She's at my my office, Matt. It's ringing. What do I do?" And I go, "Just leave it alone." You don't have to do anything to it. So he does this like three more times. Finally, like on the fifth time, it's ringing. You just, I hear her go, hello? Hello? There's nothing there. And, and, and this doesn't, this is an old beige-colored phone receiver. It clearly has like scotch tape on it. clearly doesn't match this graphite gray modem. <laughs> hello hello there's there's nothing there you know what would have been great if you could got if you could have got a red phone oh my god <laughs> this is, this oh is god. the emergency phone don't ever deal with it unless it rings and <laughs> shit ring? is going down <laughs> so we keep doing it to her all day oh, all day keep doing it to her and she every time she answers it i'm like anita will you stop answering them the reason they keep calling is probably when you're answering it, it's interrupting the signal and she's like you should you know i hate when comics say this when you're telling a funny story right. but that that would be a really funny joke on stage i think I'm, i think i'm gonna it. do this story i'm writing yeah. a new one-man show <laughs> and i think i'm gonna put it in that really <laughs> so she keeps doing it and finally she's like investing and she's looking around for the and she, and she looks back and she finds the cell phone yeah and she's like whose cell phone is this and my buddy kevin goes oh that's mine I, that and she goes here 
and doesn't put together <laughs> that that's the source of the ringing, right? So I go to lunch. Kevin and I both go to lunch together, and uh, uh, when we, I would sneak beers at lunch. I would yeah. we'd go and drink at lunch, and I came back. When I come back, she has a technician from our head end. <laughs> And her in her cubicle, and he's investigating. Now this tells you where the cable company is. He's investigating, and he he looks at this phone, and he sets it down. And he goes, "I don't know. We'll have to." He goes, "He's like, we'll have to wait until the the guy who was in charge. His name was Rizwan. He goes, "We'll have to wait till Riz gets in. He can check it out." And he leaves. So it's plausible to them that this could be a test, but they don't know. So. We waited like three weeks before we told her. We we told her oh, that we'd been fucking Jesus with her all the time, Christ. and just occasionally we'd let it ring. You know. Oh God, man, that's so. Funny. So that was pretty mean. Do her. Love the fight. It's ringing. Oh, what do I do? Out of her yeah, mind. It's ringing. What do I out do? Out of her mind. But the fact that 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 a, a technician that's certified in network yeah. infrastructure for the cable company was fooled by this too. <laughs> <laughs> this this bullshit piece of machinery. That's I love your your bits, man. That that one where you do where you're like, listen, if you're doing this, like he still he still thinks it's a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. please stop changing the channels. Yeah. if it's you, like he still thinks it's he a fucking ghost. Have a ghost. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's pretty mean. I would all say. All right. So the uh, uh, you're not married, right? I'm divorced twice. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe that would have been a good question for you. If somebody's married, the last question is reveal something you've never told your wife. Oh, <laughs> and wow. surprisingly, Andy Beningo actually answered that question really? on the podcast, which was insane. <laughs> His wife's listening. Yeah, right? I go, you better not think. And she goes, uh, I don't know if she'll really care that much. I'm like, well, you never told her. So, like, you would think it would be. She would care. In, if Even if she didn't care what it was, yeah. she would care the fact that he didn't tell her. Well, it was, uh, he had done. Uh, like when he got married and they had a kid, you know, his wife started getting worried about him being on the road, being married with a kid that he started, you know, catting around with other women. Right. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm a nice, you know, I'm committed to you, whatever. And I guess he had done a show somewhere and like, I don't know if it was a wait staff or somebody involved, involved with the bar, like straight out told him after the show, like if we leave together, like I'm going to blow you in the car or something. And he Sweet. was like, He's like, no, I happily married. I got to go. So he left, and then they came back the next day to get the paychecks or do something before they left town, and she was there again, and she was like, you you almost got the best blowjob of your life. She's like, you still want it? And he's like, no. I. <laughs> and I guess he had never told his wife about this scenario because he didn't want her to worry, and I was like, <laughs> whatever, you know. The entire time that I, the, the entire time I was married to my second wife, I wasn't doing comedy when I was married to my first wife. Mm. I never, I never cheated. I never had. Um, toward the end of the relationship, I knew it was over. She didn't know yet, <laughs> like because I was waiting. She lost her job, and I was waiting on her to find a job before I told her I was leaving yeah. because it just made sense. And I was on the road. I was uh, doing um, these two one nighters in up in Michigan, and. Uh, Long story short, this woman that worked for the the this place owned the two bars. Yeah, uh, she was a server. She comes back with me to my hotel, and the hotel's really nice. When I checked into the hotel, it had a a whirlpool in the room. Yeah, and I, I went to the front desk. I'm like, I think I'm in the wrong room. They're like, No, that's the that's those are the that's the nicest room we have. I go, Yeah, that's my thing. I don't think I. <laughs> I've been on the road enough to know that I don't get the nicest room ever. Yeah. She's no, no, that's your room. So she comes back with me, and she has a bag with her, like a, a duffel bag. Yeah. And so she starts turning on. She goes, oh, this is awesome. Starts turning the water on. And like she starts making out with me. And then she leaves to go to the bathroom, and she comes back, and she's she has a bikini on. Like Wait, she who was, is this lady? She was a server at the, at oh. the bar where I was working. Okay. And she comes in, she's wearing a bikini. like So she knew where she was coming back. So oh, she's been back oh. with comics before. And As Jim Norton calls them chuckle fuckers. <laughs> 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 so her bikini has on the ass it says lifeguard and on the oh, top right. it has little white crosses right okay so she pulls me into the into the hot and uh, the wow. jacuzzi and she's you know taking care of business yeah. and she says uh, at one point she stops and looks up at me and she goes what do you think of that and i said are you really a lifeguard <laughs> that's that's how smooth i was so the next day i go to the 
uh, I go to the bar uh, to have lunch. I'm talking to the bartender, and there's this flag like a, up on the wall, and it has a bunch of writing on it. I go, what is that flag? He goes, oh, it's our county flag. Toby Keith was here uh, performing at the county fair, and him and his crew came here for lunch, and we had them all sign the flag. So that's the Toby Keith flag. Oh, that's pretty cool. And he goes, yeah, yeah the cool thing about Toby Keith is, you know, uh, Kayla, the the waitress? And I said, yeah. He goes, she fucked Toby Keith. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so <laughs> I'm almost this in her first uh, time yeah. around the bench. So I, that's the closest I ever came to cheating. I never had, I didn't have sex with this woman. I, yeah. I Bill Clinton did. Yeah. But uh, so I guess that's one thing I never told my wife. Oh, wow. All right. Well, the uh, the alternate adventure ending to five questions, if if you're not married, okay. is uh, <laughs> have you ever knowingly broken the law that would give you jail time and got away with it? Ooh. I guess I don't know what would get you jail time, just about anything. <laughs> I mean, I've stolen stuff yeah. from, you know, stores. Um, a buddy of mine has a really good bit about... Uh, Self checkout. So we we both yeah. we both talk about that. And he said, uh, "Yeah, the other day I was at a grocery store and uh, um, green grapes were ninety eight cents a pound." Yeah. And I went to the self checkout. I got I got eight pounds of lamb chops for four ninety nine. I don't know how more people aren't doing that shit. You know, just oh, figuring I, out the code for like. Oh, I do it all the time. Gala apples. I still do. And you're like buying, you know, fresh shrimp from. Yeah, if, if I, if, <laughs> like if I, if I've, I've done that before. Like with, I'll take like the good, like what they call Rainier cherries. Yeah. That are actually good, and I'll charge. I'll use the other cherry code, which oh, is like yeah. two dollars a difference. A pound. I do that shit with Honeycrisp apples all yeah. the time because so, they're like four bucks a pound, and the other ones are like a dollar. Yeah, and I, I've said on stage before: if I have to work for the grocery store, <laughs> yeah. then I'm going to get the employee discount. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I've shoplifted. I mean, I, I'm not. Yeah. Like, but. Um, I don't know that that'd get jail time. I don't know. That's a good one. I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure I have. Yeah. Well, that was the first. Has time anyone that, answered that one? That's actually the first time that question's ever been. Oh, asked. okay, good. That's one of the new ones I wrote today. That's a so. deadly one to ask comics. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I wrote it, I'm like, well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of like, you know, uh, DUIs. Well, but it's like, you know, anytime you drive with one drink in your system, I right. guess you're breaking the law. And well, and like. Could get um, jail time. I was I was working a club and I'll tell you the club off air, but um I was working a club and I had a great time with the staff all week and it was I was there over Halloween and uh, they said or yeah and Halloween was on Saturday or Halloween was on Sunday. Saturday night was the last show. I was gonna leave right after my show because I had a Halloween show in Indianapolis I had to do. So I just wanted to drive home and get get it done. Yeah. Or at least bare minimum get up at like four in the morning and go. And uh, they invite me to go to this bar next door afterwards and i i was like i, I really don't want to go out tonight and he goes no come on it'll be, it'll be fun and then he points out that uh, you know the so this one of the new servers that's here likes you and you could hang out with her and i was like well, i wouldn't mind hanging out with her and so we uh we go to this bar and then we start doing shots and everything and then he's like hey we're gonna leave here we're gonna go back to my place and hang out there, and I go. I, I don't want to go to your place. I'm just going to go home. He goes. He goes. No, someone will drive you, and then they'll get back. Get you back to your car. So I agree <laughs> to do it because you know you just get it's broken like a horrible down. Horrible idea, man. Yeah, it's terrible. I'd never <laughs> do it. So I go, and uh, within thirty seconds of walking in the room, there is a. He's pulled a mound of cocaine out of yep. this coffee table, <laughs> and he's cutting it up, and he's like, "You want?" Some? I'm like, "No, I don't want any of that." <laughs> He's like, no, seriously, it's you know, gratis. Good. We're not gonna. No, I. So uh, he comes up to me a little later. He goes, man, you, as soon as you're not having a good time, I go. It's hard for me to relax when there's you know fifteen thousand dollars worth of cocaine twelve feet away from me. No, I'm not having a good. He goes, well, someone will get you back. I'm like, well, yeah, I know you guys will be alert enough to get me back to my car. It's not a problem. So that was, I was uncomfortable, but I, I didn't break any laws. Oh, that's good. Well, Matt. Uh, thank you so much for no, being on No, thanks for having me, Mark. Do this you was... have uh, any plugs that you want to get in? No. Um, Website, Twitter, Facebook? Yeah, um, my Twitter is at Holt Comedy. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, starting a podcast with uh, uh, Brent Trehune. 
Oh, that sounds like cool. Man. Yeah, we we had one before. It was me, Terhune, and Asuke. We had one for about, I don't know, we did about 40 episodes. It was the Interweb Pod Show that was really popular, and it's gone now. Yeah. And, uh, Brent and Brent and I, we uh, play hate each other on Facebook. Oh, okay. Like, n- nonstop, <laughs> yeah. back and forth. And yeah. it makes people uncomfortable. Like, they really think we hate each other, and we're really good friends. So, and it's, I mean, it's really... I don't know why people think it's so real. Yeah. It's clearly not. So is that going to be like the sense of the podcast is that you hate each other? Well, no, we're, we're calling it uh, Matt versus Brent, but we're just basically talking. Oh, and, okay. and we do openly talk about the fact that people are clearly stupid, Yeah, that they believe this. Because, like, it'll be, uh, like, he'll put a picture of me, like, from one of my promos, and it'll just have the caption, or over, it'll... You know, over the picture, it'll just say "fuck Matt Holt," and he'll put it on my page and on my on my yeah. And people are like, "What's up with this, dude?" I think if you guys did a podcast where you play where you played it, just hate like each other. you both hate each other, and it's all like uh, you're discussing topics, but it's from the point of view that you can't stand to be in the room together with each other, and just keep that keep that thing going from Facebook. I think people that's hysterical because I think if you got on there and you like your first episode, you guys are like, this is all pretend. Like we love each other, right. you know. People might be like, yeah, well, I feel like I got taken, you know. But if you keep that up, it might be it's true. Well, but we work together funny. a lot. Like yeah. I take him on the road a lot as my middle. <laughs> it's like you can still hate the guy and still I, respect I, I, I do. him. You know? When I was, he actually he got a, uh, his first headline week from Crackers over Christmas, and I volunteered to feature that week. And I would say, you guys are gonna love your headliner Brent. I have no idea why. I think he's a piece of shit, but you guys are gonna love him. <laughs> and there was a night where a lot of his friends showed up, and they were like, "What the fuck, man!" <laughs> like they just did not get into it at all. <laughs> so maybe we could make that happen. Yeah. I think that fun. would be classic, man. Just this venom in the room, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> you've worked. You, you worked funny stuff, right? In Cuyahoga Falls, yeah. years ago. Okay. Yes, I have. I was trying to explain to people the weird dynamic of that room, right? Mm-hmm. So I took Brent with me, and uh, we were there for the open mic. And there's some old guy who's on stage, open micing. And does that lady Lucy still book that place? No. Well, you send the email to Lucy at Hilarities, but Pete, yeah. the owner, oh it. okay. But, like, the first time I was there, uh, Pete wasn't in town. His brother Tony was. And the MC's on stage. And Tony walks up and goes, I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> and I go, all right. And I've never met this guy. And, and the guy's in the middle of a joke. And Pete just, or Tony just goes, you suck. <laughs> and I'm like, you booked him. No, my brother booked him. He's a piece of shit. I can't stand him. I'm like, but you can't just yell out. I'm my fucking room. I yell out. I want to yell out. I'm like, all right, whatever. So that we go for the open mic. And Pete, Pete's there, and this old guy's up telling some joke, and Pete goes up and goes, "Shut the fuck up! You suck! <laughs> I turn off mic on you!" And I'm like, "What is, what is wrong with you?" So it's oh, Pete and Tony. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was yeah, fun. I appreciate it, Matt. And uh, check out all things Matt Holt. On, yeah, please. On uh, what's the website? Uh, Matt Holt Comedy. Matt Holt Comedy, and uh, yeah. So thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Matt Holt. Uh, what a fun interview. Check him out on the internet, or if he's uh, close to you, check out his show. He's a very funny guy, and uh, it was a pleasure having him on the show. You can get this podcast at Podbean, iTunes. Uh, check out my live streaming radio on my website, largedrunkman.com, and uh, all my updated dates are up there. And uh, if you're a Twitty, Twitter person, it's uh, at the Mark Poulos. And uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows.